from the Center for Parent Youth Understanding and the CPYU Podcast Network, you're listening to The Word in Youth Ministry, a podcast by youth workers for youth workers, where we give insights, strategies, and helps for effectively teaching God's Word to our students. Here we are on episode 53 of the Word in Youth Ministry. My name is Kyle. I'm the pastor of Family Ministry at Old North Church in Canfield, Ohio. And we are excited to have this podcast back up and running after a summer uh, where we haven't recorded much. Our last episode was episode 52, a road trip through scripture with guest Jonathan Pennington. And here we are today, episode 53, Bible teaching in a new school year. And I'm joined with my friend, president of the Center for Parent Youth Understanding, and fellow Philadelphia Eagle fan, Walt Mueller. Walt, good morning. Yeah, Kyle. Hey, I'm I'm happy to be on here with you. I love the podcast. I love what you guys have been doing with it. I think it's a great resource. And so it's a, a privilege to jump back in the studio while you're recording this. Yes. And Walt, I have a lot of important things to talk to you about. But quickly, I mean, you and I share a love for the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> a love for the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, now that both of them are happening at the same time, um, Phillies currently, whenever listeners are going to be uh, uh, listening to this podcast, it might not be the case, but they're looking playoff bound. Um, it's looking I like so. you think the World Series is going to happen again. I well, I, I'm a Phil, I'm a I'm a Philly fan longer than you, mm. Kyle. So mm-hmm. I have been my life has been one you know arc of a roller coaster of great joys and horrifying disappointments. Amen. So I always, you know what, like I look at everybody else's team and I'm going, oh, those fans, they're so fortunate. You know, they got this great team. And when people say that about us, I'm thinking, no, I'm just waiting for everything to fall apart. It's yes, just kind of the yes. way it is, you know. So, well, well yeah, it's been a, a good, place I right mean, although, have great hope. Although Philadelphia has been losing in the championship games, for lack of a better term, we had a Super Bowl appearance, we had a World Series appearance, and this year, you know. Yeah, uh, aiming for the fences. Anyways, oh, yeah. here we are. Walt, I um as we start this new um for lack of a better term season of this podcast as we're restarting after a summer break, um I figured it'd be good for our listeners to know a little bit about where this podcast came from. And I remember conversations you and I had about two, two and a half years ago now. I personally um wasn't looking for us to start another podcast, but uh you and I started researching are there any podcasts specifically about how to teach the Bible to students yeah, and help our listeners know how this kind of like evolved. Yeah. And people need to know, Kyle, you and I are friends for a long time. Yes. Uh, you grew up, you grew up in a church and uh, yes. I think even in a home where yes. CPYU resources were used. Uh, most I always say one of the first times I heard your voice was in the car when you were uh, doing your, um, your uh, radio uh, yeah, spot while today, I was driving yeah. around Hershey, Pennsylvania. I'd yeah. hear Walt Mueller's voice. Yeah. And, um, you know, I always joke that uh, like I'm, when I go to speak to parents, you know, like on social media or whatever, I always say you're, you can let your kids hate me because I'll talk about borders and boundaries, you know? So fortunately you weren't one of those who yes. grew up that way. Right. So uh, you're actually on our board now. You're a good friend. Yes. You're a boots on the ground youth pastor. I, Kyle, we love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. We highly respect what you're doing. And so it's a privilege to have you on this. And so we had this conversation and, you know, like I, like I heard the other day that if you go like to the Odyssey app, you can search. I think I heard the guy say millions of podcasts. Are there really yeah. that many? I don't know. 
but there are a lot of youth ministry podcasts. And so as I was listening to youth ministry podcasts, we had this conversation. Like, there's nothing out there that's really dedicated completely to equipping youth workers to teach the Bible, which is central and foundational to what we're doing. And that's not to bash other podcasts. Some of them deal with this, you know, from time to time, obviously. But we thought, let's do this. You have a passion for this. You're doing this well at Old North Church in Canfield, Ohio. And so as we dreamed, we said, look, we've got the resources. Let's do this. Let's make this happen. So that's how it got started. Yeah, and so now we are, um, this is our 53rd episode. Um, We have enjoyed both having um, episodes where we talk about how to teach specific passages of the Bible to students, um, but then we've also enjoyed having different guests on along the way. And so up until now, this has been co-hosted by myself and Matt, who was a youth worker in San Antonio, Texas, and Linda, who was serving as a youth worker in Orlando. And over the past several um, months and even over the past year, uh, both of them, who are both doing well, serving the Lord still, um, but are in different um, job opportunities now where they're not, as you use the term, boots on the ground youth workers. And so over the past several months, we've been having discussions on if we want this podcast to um, be by youth workers for youth workers, it would make sense to have it um hosted by actual youth workers who are currently serving in that role. And so, Walt, as we move ahead now, we're just making a slight change. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, our listeners, they might hear Matt and Linda be um, guest uh, hosts from um, from time to time. Um, but moving ahead, I am going to be the the normal host of this, as usual. Normal. Um, but, Walt, tell them about uh, um, what one thing that we're really excited about at CPYU, sure um, as we're going to have some um, guest co-hosts, um, part of a new initiative we're doing at CPYU. Yeah, well, let me first just echo your gratitude yeah. to Linda and Matt because, I mean, they just are superstars in terms of communicating on the podcast here, yeah. how to teach the Bible. They've done it. They've done it well. I, you know, as I listen to the podcast, I am learning things from them and am grateful for them and for the training that they've done. And as you said, they've they've transitioned a little bit. So we will hear them from time to time, but yes. we thought— Let's let's expand it a little bit, and we started a, a new program here back in the spring called CPYU Research Fellows. We have 12 youth workers who we have vetted them all. I have had them over the years either in one of our CPYU Faith and Culture cohorts where we meet biweekly via Zoom to talk about matters of, uh, of interest to youth workers that the Scriptures speak to, how do we address these things, or, or they've been people that I've had in class as I'm teaching at a variety of different places. And so we've identified 12 of these folks. People can go online at cpyu.org and see who they are. And all of them are committed to doing what you're teaching people to do on the Word and Youth Ministry podcast. So we said, let's, you know, as part of their experience, let's have them share some of their knowledge. And so you're going to be bringing them on from time to time, Kyle, as well, and involving them in terms of interviewing guests. I know we're doing the same thing on our uh, Youth Culture Matters podcast. We've got some things lined up over the next few weeks we're going to be recording. We're going to be tapping in to the research fellows as well. So we're very excited about that, very excited not only about giving them an opportunity to share what they've learned and what they know, but for youth workers to hear from them. These are some very qualified and bright folks they are, as you said, they're making this new resource, working with us on our parent prompt, CPYU parent prompt, which youth workers need to access. This is a freebie you can give to parents. We're hoping every week we're working towards that. 
so just a, another way to, to equip folks. Yeah, and this is so exciting because um, one of the gifts uh, to myself before I started serving on the board of CPYU, um, I was a youth worker who benefited from the ministry of CPYU. I think when I first became a youth pastor at Community Bible Church in Palmyra, PA, um, the local network there in Lebanon County, led by the guys at Lebanon E Free and Jonestown United Methodist Church and a couple others, we had you come speak at Lebanon E Free. And I was like, um, I remember seeing you and being like, you know, everyone always fanboys the speaker. I'm like, I'm not talking to that guy. Like I hear him on the radio, you know, there's Walt Mueller standing there. And then we had you come speak out here at Old North Church. And I just remember when um, my wife, Jenna, and I sat down um, with you and your wife, Lisa, just um, just clicking and thinking um, as time moved on, what it could look like for us to partner together to equip more youth workers. And so I'm just excited um, because uh, how God has used you, Walt, in the ministry of CPYU. And because, as we always joke around, CPYU is a year or two older than me. Um, and so you've been yeah, doing thanks. this for a long time, which is a compliment, Walt. It's a compliment because why I'm saying this is the um, CPYU Research Fellows. It has been a group that you have been dreaming of having for so long. Yeah. But they also expand um, across the country and really across um, North America. Yeah, we have three And so I'm excited. I'm excited to have these voices on this podcast to be able to equip more youth workers because we know our listeners are coming from a um, a wide variety of places too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're excited about this. But well, the topic of this um, episode, episode fifty three, is a new school year of Bible teaching, and uh, I'm really excited about what God has ahead. Oh yeah, and and Kyle, this is this is good because now I'm going to flip the script here and I'm going to ask you some questions because. I know you're doing this, and I mm. want to hear what you're doing as you start a new year. You're always, you're always trying, you're always trying new things and new strategies, uh, not for the sake of novelty, but for effectiveness in terms of teaching a word, the word from God that does not change. And so I am curious about that. You know how you and your staff there at Old North Church in Canfield are approaching Bible teaching this year. What can you tell us? Yeah, and I just want to just be transparent. I told my leaders uh, last week when we did some leader training that I've been uh, here at Old North now. This will be my eighth school year here at Old North Church, but my 11th year as a youth pastor. And I say that I've been on an experiment to say, obviously, we have fun. Obviously, you know, we got a lock-in coming up here in November, and it's one of my favorite events of the year. We we do a lot of fun things, but I told my leaders, I'm a, I've been on this experiment. Can we grow a youth ministry? where the primary thing that we focus on is the teaching of God's word. And so obviously we have more kids than we did seven years ago when I came. And part of that's because the church has grown. And so I don't think you can correlate it all to the Bible teaching, but I do believe that here at Old North Church in our student ministry, high school and middle school, we have said the primary thing that we want to be known for is teaching the Bible to students, right? They are living in a culture that is constantly changing and so we have just um, said, you know what, if this is one of the core values of our church, biblical preaching and teaching, then it should be one of the biblical um, core values of our youth ministry. And so we have um, this experiment, for lack of a better term, uh, that we've been having here in our youth ministry. It has been so fun to see how God has grown our high school ministry, both in breadth. There's more kids coming than ever before, um, but also uh, it's it's grown in depth. 
and um and we're just excited to see what God will yeah. do moving ahead. Kyle, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. You know, before we get into a bit of your philosophy and what you're going to do this year, uh, just about our students, and and mm-hmm. I'm not talking just about your students at Old Camp. I'm talking about high school students, middle school students, mm-hmm. because I think sometimes there's this real, and I experienced this when I was younger in youth ministry. Uh, there's this hesitancy on our part to maybe go too deep because we think maybe we'll cause our kids to drown. They won't, they won't Correct. learn, you know, to use a, a metaphor of water, but, uh, you know, talk to me a little bit about, I mean, is that a misnomer? I think, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you're experiencing. I really think that kids are a lot brighter than we give them credit for. I think they're able to go much deeper than we realize that they can. And I think sometimes we lean into, like you said, some of the silly stuff, some of the attractional stuff, and then we're very, you know, we know kids love that, right? We're going to use it. Right. But then we're hesitant to go to kind of flip the script. It's almost like we're feeling like we're doing a bait and switch because we've got to make apologies. Like, And we can't go too deep, right? Okay, now we're right. going to look at the Bible. But like you said, that's foundational. That's central. This is what I love about what you're doing at Old North and how you stated that. Just talk a little bit. Help youth workers understand that they need to get over this fear that kids can't handle it. Correct. Now talk yeah, a little I, bit about that. I think that part of the fear that we all face is what are we going to do when we show up to youth group and no one shows up, right? No students come. And so the question is, um, in order for that not to happen, what are we going to lead with? Is it going to be fun or is it going to be the teaching of God's word? And of course, there's other categories we could throw in there, biblical community, mentorship, right? But what I have found is that um, fun should be a component. We should want to stir up an affection for students to want to be with their friends at church. That's good. I think sometimes in um, maybe some of the camps that you and I are in and some of the Facebook groups, fun can almost be looked at as like a sin almost. Like, no, no, fun should be part of youth group. But what I'm saying to answer your question is that we can actually lead with teaching God's word because if students, um, the seriousness of of how students are grown in academics in school has grown over the years. You know, here I am, uh, school year number 11, high school students today are taking more college classes. They're, um, They're carrying loads of academics more than I think they ever have before. And so I believe that if their brains are being stretched in school in order to think more deeply and more robustly than ever before, we're actually doing them a disservice if we're not doing the same thing in the church. And it has been fun, you know, this experiment that I've been on, I believe that it takes time, but you can build a culture in your youth group where students want to learn. And obviously, there's going to be kids who are smarter than others. There's going to be kids who like to read and those who don't. But as the culture grows, and I've seen this, if we can lead on that, making it normal to say, open your Bibles to Mark chapter one, and then the next week to be open your Bibles to Mark chapter one, because we didn't finish it. Like, if we can model that well, it can build the culture. And I've seen it work. um, And I've seen it happen in small churches. And I've seen it happen in big churches. I don't think the size of the youth group dictates the culture. I think, I think it's true. I heard a pastor say this before. I believe the pulpit drives the church. 
what is being preached in the church will set the culture for the church. And I believe the same is for the youth ministry. If the youth worker who is the primary teacher is going to teach seriously about God's word, I believe students can handle it today. Yeah, I want to stop and just highlight something you said because you talked about building a culture and you said it's not going to happen immediately. Mm-hmm. And part, part of the issue for us, and I, I put myself in this camp, you know, we've been nurtured in a world where we want things to happen right away, immediate results. We're not patient. We don't wait. And so this will take time. And, uh, uh, you know, I know over time when you start to do this, you, you might get a little bit of pushback or the buy-in may not be exactly what you expected. But as you keep doing this, you're building it. I like how you said that, being patient. So when your students paint a picture for us, because you've done this for a while, your students come in and you, you know, they sit down and you say, all right, open your Bibles to Mark chapter one. Tell me what happens in the room. Yeah. So um, what you said is true, that there might not be buy-in right away. And I just want to, again, be transparent for our listeners. Uh, Less students might come right away if you get serious about teaching God's word. However... Um, I believe that God primarily speaks through his word, and I believe that God also honors the teaching of his word. And if we can build that in our culture of our youth ministries, I believe that an appetite for that type of teaching grows, and then that's where the culture takes off. So to answer your question, um, for instance, on a normal Sunday morning yesterday, um, uh, I stand up there um, on Sunday mornings in our Sunday school we do have a time of singing, and then I say, open up your Bibles to yeah, Mark chapter 1 or wherever we're at. Um, students uh, open their Bibles. If they don't have Bibles, we have Bibles for them. I allow them to use um, their phones if they don't have a Bible. However, there are distractions with that that we can talk about on another episode. But what we do is I believe that the culture has been set that when we're teaching the Bible, actually just reading the text actually does something for them yeah. right yeah. um not we don't have to hand uh we don't have to spoon feed everything to these kids um and so we have two different um two different teaching sessions one on sunday mornings and one on wednesday nights um on wednesday nights uh, uh because they've just been in school all day because they've just been to soccer practice i'm giving about a um 12 to 20 minute quick sermon for lack of a better term where i am teaching them and i am primarily talking for 12 to 20 minutes and then they're going to small group for 30 minutes where they are discussing that sermon on sunday mornings we have a larger crew there some of them are more forced to be there because their parents say we're going to church you don't have an option we're going i keep them together for the whole time i'm teaching for 30 to 40 minutes but what i'm doing is as i'm teaching Instead of just me being the primarily one talking, I give them about every seven or eight minutes in order to break their attention span. I throw a question out where based on what I'm teaching, I say, hey, talk to the person or people next to you. They discuss it for two to three minutes, and then I bring it back together, and that gives them a way to make sure they're actually processing what I'm saying because 40 minutes is a pretty long time. Yeah, so That's how we do it. Yeah, and I want to go back again to something you said that, that caught my attention here that's so true that so often we forget that you just said you said just getting students to read the text, mm-hmm. something happens. And this is where I think we have to understand what God has said about the role of the Holy Spirit in opening our eyes, opening our hearts, getting us to to hear the word. And I think sometimes 
we don't trust that that's going to happen. So we try to do everything we can to either, I don't know, dumb it down or make it more simple or, like you said, spoon feed, which I know at times you have to do. Of course. But I think we get in the way, right, of the Holy Spirit. We think, okay, the Holy Spirit's not going to come through on this. Or uh, maybe it's not that we think that, but we think that we've got to, you know, really lead our kids along in this in ways that devalue or maybe ignore the role of the Holy Spirit. I had a, I had a pastor friend text me this week. And what he said to me was, is he's tracked with CPYU. And I, and I think this, this goes for the Word and Youth Ministry podcast, what you guys are doing, Kyle. He said, I appreciate, I'll paraphrase, he says, I just appreciate so much how in the youth ministry world you are leading people to lean into the means of grace. Leading into the means of grace. The means of grace, the way that God shows grace is through, and, and you know this comes from creeds and confessions, right? Theologians have understood this through the preaching of the Word, which you said you do. So it's the preaching, teaching of the Word, the administration of the sacraments, and then at a most basic level, prayer as well. And this is the way God works. I mean, there are other means of grace as well, but you know we put preaching, teaching right up there at the top. And so giving it to kids and watch God work. Yeah, and that's why, Walt, uh, you know, I joke around that through the years, both um, at my previous church and then at this church, I, I'm like a youth group name killer. Like, I've I've inherited some names of youth groups that I'm just like, okay, like, I'll ask the kids, like, do you actually go by this name? They're like, no, no, we don't. Okay. And, like, I usually just pick the name of the church and yeah. then, like, students yeah, or you yeah. know the name of it and like i think about you know the conversations you and i had when we decided we were going to have this podcast we're like what should we call this podcast and we were trying to come up with something creative and something that would stick and we're like how about let's just go with the word in youth ministry what it is because that's our desire we want the we want there to be a growing number of youth workers who realize that if the word can be the primary part of your youth ministry that that is how god will bring the growth yeah yeah so, so let's take a let's take a quick break, um, yeah. and then when we come back, uh, we want to talk a little bit about how youth ministry fits into the church as a whole. As we encourage, as we think about this episode being Bible teaching in a new school year, and then I know you and I are going to talk a little bit about recommended resources yeah. for youth workers. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back here on episode fifty three of the Word in Youth Ministry. The youth ministry and parenting landscape has changed, becoming far more challenging and confusing thanks to how the culture's narratives on sexuality and gender have evolved over the last few years. Our vulnerable children and teens are easily swayed into adopting these new narratives rather than living into God's good design for sex and gender. If you're interested in learning how to speak truth on sex and gender into the lives of the kids you know and love, I invite you to join me and Duffy Robbins for our CPYU Symposium on traditional biblical sexuality in a changing youth culture. Limited to 25 participants, this event will take place in Lancaster, Pennsylvania from November 7th to 10th, 2023. Come and join us and a small group of your youth ministry peers as together we learn, discuss, and strategize on ways our ministries, churches, and families can lead our kids to understand and embrace God's good and loving design. You can learn more and register for our CPYU Symposium on Traditional Biblical Sexuality in a Changing Youth Culture by visiting our website at cpyu.org. 
Well, welcome back, everybody, to this episode of The Word in Youth Ministry. I'm Walt Mueller here at CPYU. Kyle Hoffsmith, who is the host of The Word in Youth Ministry, is here. Somehow we flipped the script, Kyle, and I'm now asking you questions, which is kind of fun to do because I always learn from you. You know, it's you know one of the things that that is so important to me is just in people in general and people in ministry is I, I look for commitment to the Word, teachability, and then humility is so important. And so I, at 67 years old, I'm still learning, right? I, I want to embrace teachability, and I love hearing Amen. from you as you're doing this. Um, you know, one of the things I want to ask you about, Kyle, you are at a church, Old North, where it's not just a youth ministry that's centered on the Word, but the, the ministry of the church in general. And right. I know your senior pastor, Nick, who mm-hmm. is just a great a great preacher, um, talk Talk a little bit about, because I know you and Nick have talked about this, and I have strong opinions on this as well, getting our high school and our middle school kids, and even younger, into the larger worship setting, because we are, I think we're coming out of it, which is good, but we're, we're, I I hope at the end, the curtain is closing on about a 30 or 40 year period in youth ministry, where increasingly we were saying, ah, kids can't handle worship, big church. Right. You know, so we're going to start a, a parallel church. They're going to be on their own in another room, which to me is just completely destructive, I think, in so many ways. Well-intentioned. Well-intentioned, I'll, I'll say that, but destructive as we've seen that. Yeah, and what, what you're saying, I mean, you have been watching the youth ministry landscape longer than I, but I think if we look at some of the studies, which sure. sometimes can be helpful, sometimes can't, uh, but part of the reason I think so many students sometimes walk away from church is their only church experience is an age-specific ministry. So if they're only ever with children and then only ever with middle school and then only ever with high school, when they graduate, if the church doesn't have anything for young adults, they're like, well, there's nothing else for me. Yeah. And so one way that we can flip that script is by um, making sure that students or even, you know, I, you know, the, the longer I'm in youth ministry, I used to like, you know, we got to make sure they go to church. Well, I I don't know if I use that language anymore, maybe just prioritize the corporate gathering. Um, And here at Old North, as you just said, Nick, who's our senior pastor, him and I just did a, a little ministry moment in front of the church yesterday, where one thing we talked about was, um, does he, as the primary preacher at Old North, does he mind having kids in the service? And now this was primarily thinking about little kids, you know. I have two little kids, almost four-year-old and a two-year-old. They squirm in church. My daughter Madeline, a couple a couple uh, weeks ago, wanted to sit on my lap. I was tired from having youth ministry that morning. I just wanted to sit. Well, of course, you can sit on my lap, and we can listen to this sermon together. But one thing Nick said yesterday when we were in front of the church is he gave he didn't only give parents permission to bring their kids and students to church. He he encouraged them to do it um, because he said it is helpful for kids and students to get into the rhythm of their life, to worship God, not only to sing broadly, um, but we all know it's helpful for them to see older people who love Jesus. It's helpful for them to see younger people who love Jesus. It's helpful for them to see um, the ordinances of the church, baptism and communion, practiced where they are seeing this together. And he actually said yesterday in front of the church that it's helpful for kids to hear 35 to 40 minute sermons that are coming from the senior pastor. Some people might disagree with that, but what I will say as a youth pastor serving in a church that prioritizes biblical teaching is 
if you're in a church like that, it is easier for me to teach the Bible to students because they are hearing it in the main service. But one thing that we've realized here is because the level of Bible teaching has been raised among the high schoolers, it's less of a jump for them to go from youth ministry at 915 to the main service at 11 because the Bible is being upheld in both. Not that it wasn't before, not that it's not in the church of the listeners here, but I just believe that if we can raise the level in the church as a whole, it does help the youth yeah, ministry. Yeah, I, I like that. And one of the things we used to do, and this was years ago, and I, it can still be done. This was not a, you know, only relevant at one time, but I think this needs to happen is, is we— we would educate our students on, you know, what is a sermon? How is a sermon put together? What do we listen yeah. for? How do we listen to a sermon? We would involve the senior pastor yeah. in that instruction time. And we're talking about informally getting together, sitting around, having a conversation. They get to know the senior pastor. And then our students would go, and, you know, I see great benefits in them sitting with their families. I'm just happy they're there. They would sit together, yeah. and they would move to the front, which was quite— an example for the rest of the congregation, right? Look at those kids up there. And they'd be up there like eager and ready with their notebooks and their pens. And it became it became like a contagion, right? Like a few kids start to do this and everybody start to do it. But it wasn't just fill your notebooks with notes. We would meet later in the week and we would sit and we would talk through the sermon. I would have some questions for them, some application questions. They would offer insights. And it was really a rich time. And so I, I love that Nick said that. Yeah. And well, you know, that just brings up uh, something I experienced just yesterday. You know, um, we um, years ago, all the high schoolers would sit together during the second service and, you know, COVID happened and we never really got back into it. And recently they started sitting together again. And one of our students uh, never went or rarely went to church. His parents were not church attenders. He became a Christian um, so he'd come to Sunday school and go home, come to Sunday school and go home. Well, recently he started attending the church service, second service, which is our goal. So he'd come to Sunday school at 915, go to church at 11, and he was sitting with other students. And he said, hey, you know, he came up to me. I get lots of questions as a youth pastor, just like you get lots of questions, Walt. And I never got this one before. They're like, Pastor Kyle, Pastor Kyle. You know, talking, he's like, you know, since we're all sitting together, we should we should have themes like we do at the football games, you know, like the student section. He comes up to me and he goes, Pastor Kyle, can we have a whiteout? I'm like, I don't know about having a whiteout. So anyways, time goes forward. We're in a meeting, um, a staff meeting here. And Olivia, who works with me, she's our student ministry coordinator. She mentions to our senior pastor because um, everyone's been, you know, I think people have been encouraged to see the high school students sitting together. And he, uh, Olivia mentions to Nick hey, they want to have a whiteout. And um, Nick said, that's a pretty cool idea. So it's been on the calendar now for a couple of weeks. And yesterday was our launch Sunday. It's the beginning of our ministry year. The Canfield Fair happens. Thousands of people go. The whole town halts. So technically yesterday was the beginning of our ministry year. And the kids wanted a whiteout. So um, Nick said, hey, would you just remind me when it comes? He's like, I'll wear a white shirt to preach that day. you know." And so yesterday... Um, we had our whiteout, and I just want to encourage listeners, um, this sounds silly, um, but the joy that it brought kids to sit together 
Um, they were all wearing white, or most of them were wearing white in the in the sections. So the way our pews are, there's different aisles, so they sit in the front left together. They were all wearing white. I was up there doing a ministry moment with Nick, and we're talking about family ministry, and I said, shout out to the high school uh, whiteout happening over there, and they all cheered. And they're all wearing white. And it was an encouragement to the church as a whole because, you know, we hear all the bad news, yeah. right? On the news, we hear all the bad news of what's happening. And now once a month, uh, once a month, the second Sunday of the month, uh, they're having theme day. Um, so I think blackout is next. Oh, However, man. I'll just say as a yeah. Penn State fan uh, living in Buckeye country, it was yeah. a it did bring some joy to my heart that they wanted to have a whiteout. Um, which, you know, only ever whiteout I've been at yeah. 2016 yeah. Beaver Stadium, the Scarlet Knights, uh, the, the Scarlet Buckeyes lost to the Nittany Lions. So yeah. Yeah. brought me joy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. I, I yeah, And you probably talk about that on Sunday mornings. I'm glad you're still with us, Kyle. Well, I uh, I purposely did not bring that up. Uh, yeah. Did not bring that up Just yesterday. But hey, we are going to wrap this up. Um, but first, I want to talk a little bit about recommended resources. Sure. And Walt, a question um, that you said you get, a question that I get is parents. Um, and here we are uh, hosted by the Center for Parent Youth Understanding. Um, uh, parents or youth workers coming to you saying, what is a good teen devotional to use? Yeah. How do you answer that question? Well, you know, I, I'm, I've, I've, it's pretty straightforward now because I, I've tried to look around. I mean, a lot of adult devotionals I don't like, and so consequently a lot of teen devotionals. And we yes. talked a little bit about the cognitive abilities, and I think yep. some teen devotionals are just way too shallow or they're kind of pithy or, you know, silly illustrations that kids really aren't going to engage with. I mean, a grandmother and a grandfather may see it on the shelf in a store or see it online and go, oh, I'll get this for my kids. Oh, again, well-intentioned, but it might just collect dust. So, you know, what I've come to what I've come to push, and I really believe that this works, is, is the kind of things that you and I would be drawn to and the mm-hmm. listeners would be drawn to that take us deeper and deeper, the very things we need to put in the hands of our kids because of their cognitive abilities. And I love devotionals that will focus, you know, maybe chronologically or expositionally on the scriptures. So I'll, I'll recommend a few, and I've recommended these to parents, and I've never gotten pushback. So, you know, Tim Keller has written a couple of really good devotionals, one on Proverbs. We actually have a CPYU Together in the Word Facebook group that's going through that now. It's called, um, uh, what is that one? God's Wisdom for Navigating Life. He has one we've gone through before on the Psalms uh, called the Songs of Jesus, and it's a daily devotional, a short scripture reading, then a reading. I also have recommended devotionals by Alistair Begg. I think there's a couple of his Truth for Life devotionals that are out, so there's a passage to read and then a, a page of commentary and application suggestions. Paul Tripp does the same thing, New Morning Mercies. We've used that. That's a good one. Uh, James Boyce has one that I used one year, James Montgomery Boyce, called Come to the Waters. The same thing. We're looking at a page a day. So that is really, really good. And then there are a couple of um, periodical devotionals that uh, Lisa and I both use, and we've been doing this for several decades, uh, they're longstanding. Scripture Union, which is a great resource. You can find these online as well, or you can get them in print. They have one called Discovery, which is more of an entry level uh, through the Scriptures, and then one that takes you deeper called Encounter with God. We use Encounter with God. We really like that. Again, it's a reading and one page uh, of commentary. 
And then uh, one other I recommend, Kyle, and then I, I can't wait to hear what you have. Um, Ligonier, the Ligonier Ministries, their Table Talk, their monthly mm. Table Talk magazine. And by the way, parents, you know, some of these, I mean, get these for your students. I mean, and youth workers, recommend these to parents for your students. And uh, again, we're just a couple of months from Christmas, the start of the year. That's mm. always a great time to start reading through a, a yearly devotional um, you know, go for it. Those are those are some great devotionals, and you, you could have a uh, you know an online group or uh, you know a weekly get together in the morning for breakfast for the kids who are reading through this and chat through it. You know, talk about applications of what what it is they've learned. Yep, and I just would echo um, everything you just said there. That if kids, if we're expecting kids. Um, to be able to understand uh, clear Bible teaching, that um, there are uh, very few resources um, that are written specifically to teens uh, that maybe hit the mark that I would want to be hit if they're going to spend every day reading a devotional. So I would just say those books that you have recommended um, also um, just I would encourage youth workers to encourage parents to try to find windows of time where the kids are a captive audience. Um, for instance, I was talking to a parent one day uh, a couple of years ago, and he was saying how when his wife drives their daughter to school, they were reading a section of a gospel every day. You know, that was a time where they're in the car together. It was just the two of them. And um, a quick time, you know, sometimes, you know, especially me, I, I like um, I like processes, I like structures, and I like plans. Um, so it's like, oh, here's a book to read one page every day for a year. That fits my personality. But that's not if the goal is actually spiritual growth, having, you know, parents and kids just reading a small section of the Bible every day in the car. Um, let's encourage parents. They don't need to overthink this. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, you know, one thing I want to say, I say this all the time. Culture is catechizing our kids 24 yes. seven. And we have the responsibility to nurture them in the faith. And I've been in youth ministry long enough that now I get asked the question, okay, if you could go back, rewind, do it all over, anything you would do different. This conversation today, Kyle, is so good because it reminds me, you know, if I'll use the metaphor of a pool, you know, too many times our kids, I I think kids were ready to swim and I only took them, you know, maybe ankle deep. Mm -hmm. And um, I I regret that, you know, and I think some of that was just trying to be careful, not giving them too much. Maybe didn't want them to, you know, overextend, but I I underestimated their abilities to to swim in the scriptures. And so I think we have responsibility to do that. Yeah. And so that's why it's been fun to have this conversation. I do want to invite our listeners, something new we're doing here. Um, If you are on Facebook, we have a new uh, private group called the Word and Youth Ministry Podcast Facebook Forum. Uh, there are several um, helpful uh, Facebook groups where youth ministries are discussing uh, different questions. You know, how should I set the room up? What do I do for parent? Like all these different questions. Uh, but again, similar to this podcast, we wanted to create a Facebook forum where it's this private group. You answer a couple questions to get in. And this is a place where we're not we're not only going to be discussing on Facebook in this group um, what is coming on this podcast, but a place for people to ask questions about how to better teach the Bible to students, where that is the purpose of this group. There's other groups to talk about planning events and um, different things like that, but this is going to be a group. So that's the Word in Youth Ministry podcast, 
Facebook forum. Uh, you got to Google that. Uh, I tried it with two of our research fellows. Uh, they got in. However, um, the last question is, why do you want to join this group? And one of them put, because Kyle forced me to. And the other one, Josiah put, because my boss forced me to. Um, you can answer that however you want. Um, but please join that group. I want this to be an, a community where beyond the podcast, we can be uh, talking about raising the level of Bible teaching among students. Awesome. This is great, Kyle. Well, Walt, thanks for joining me today. This has been fun. Uh, as we dreamed this up about two and a half years ago, now episode 53. So thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 53 of the Word and Youth Ministry, a new school year of Bible teaching among our youth ministries. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Word and Youth Ministry. To learn more about CPYU and the resources mentioned on today's podcast, visit us online at cpyu.org.